one. I think it was introduced, but we're glad to have them with us this morning. And uh, we got an immunity around here. How many believes that there should be no sickness? Or let me put it this way: there is no secrets, sickness in the body of Christ. And the reason why is Jesus took all the sickness upon Him, took it to the cross, and there laid it aside. We are on a subject called the kingdom. The lesson that we're looking at, most people don't think I'm preaching about the kingdom, but we have already been ushered into, by the presence of God Himself, into this blending of ages, and we're blending out of time into eternity. Now, we know in future home, Brother Brennan put us over in the eighth day, but we still know that we are in time, and we are moving out of the seventh church age into the seventh day, and in that period of time, that transition, we looked at some scripture in Zechariah 14. We're looking at what we are calling the fourth light. We hear a lot about Brother Branham, Brother Branham, Brother Branham, but we're Noticing that the emphasis is not on the prophet who forerun Christ himself, but Christ himself. So we're looking at a pillar of fire, a representation. It is the kind of glory or the expression of the presence of God himself. Anytime you see in the scriptures, even from Genesis 1 in the garden all the way through, every time there was a visitation of God, it was always in the form of of a pillar of fire manifesting and coming to a prophet. There is no expression or voice of God without a prophet. You say, well, God can use a donkey, use a rock, and use all these things, but He said He would use a man. So anytime we talk about the presence of God, when we talk about the voice of God or God speaking to us, we know that He uses the instrument of a prophet. And therefore, we are told to believe the prophet in this hour and to have a specific confession that God Himself is here. If He is here, we have nothing to worry about or to fear. And we're looking at Scripture uh, in Zechariah 14. Now, last week we had for our morning, uh, morning meal, we Feasted upon steak and potatoes and put just a little beans in at the, at the end. This week we're going to have potatoes and beans with a little steak mixed in the end. You say, well, that's the same meal that was the last week. It just turned around. It's the same meal every week. We're feeding on the body word of the Son of Man. And the body word of the Son of Man is the theophany of God's own presence Himself. When you receive the Holy Ghost, and people think the Holy Ghost is a spiritual, emotional experience, which it could be, and it is to most people, but the baptism of the Holy Ghost is actually a revelation. It is a revelation of Jesus Christ personally to you. Now, we're not looking at Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago in the flesh, going to the cross and resurrection. That has already been accepted, proven, and we believe that. We're looking at the Jesus Christ that is here today. And we're looking at that Jesus as our healer, as our deliverer. Everything that we have need of is present with us 
And the only thing that's coming now is the manifestation of that presence in His body called the bride. So we are under a token, and that token is God's presence Himself. So we're looking at the Scriptures now, seeing what is transpiring in this hour, so that we can absolutely manifest and recognize the day and this hour of our message, and that is He is here. That must become a confession. So you notice in your notes I'm giving confession over and over and over. Because confession is the key to possession. You'll never possess the gates of the enemy until you confess it first. So that is a law. We read last week in Zechariah 14. And Brother Branham used this scripture text over and over because he proclaimed that the evening time message was his ministry or his day and his message. He brought forth three things, and that was an evening time message. He brought forth a light, and he brought forth the understanding of a day. A day, evening time, the light. The light is a supernatural light. Supernatural light. We use the picture many times over and over of the prophet with the pillar of fire over his head. And we're going to review just a few statements in last week's notes to bring you up to date. Because we're looking at the fourth light. And the third light, which was the prophet himself, introduces the fourth light. When you see the prophet with a light over his head, you're actually seeing the third and the fourth light. The fourth light, or that light, is the preeminent one. You'll notice that he does not mention the third prophet by name. Because that third prophet on the baptism of the Holy Ghost is not the essential part. The baptism of the Holy Ghost must cease, and the Holy Ghost of the fourth light himself must come into preeminence. Which one is Ephesians 1, 13 to 14, and we move into Ephesians 15 through 17 and 18, where the spirit of wisdom revelation comes in the knowledge of himself. So let's read our text, and it shall come to pass in that day. So we find out that we have a term called that day. If you go to Jesus, Matthew, Luke, we've read it over and over, as it was in the days of Noah, as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in that day, that day when the Son of Man is revealed, that day, that day, what is that day that He shall come? And that day, the prophet said, was this time period called a day in which the perusia or the presence of Christ Himself is here, but is unrecognized. And it will get more unrecognized when the prophet, which is the visible representation of the fourth light, is moved off of the scene. You have nothing visibly or tangible to point to you or to speak to you in place of this invisible one. In other words, when the prophet leaves the scene, all is there is the fourth light that has already revealed himself through a message, and now he is present. He is the preeminent one. This one must decrease, that the fourth light must increase. God Himself, called the Word or the Logos. The whole understanding of the Scripture is about this one person called God in the form of a pillar of fire called the Christ. Christ meaning the anointing that come out of the eternity that began and through all, created all, and in all, that is still a mystery. Because no man has seen God at any time. 
He is invisible, and we will never see God outside of a form. Especially in the New Jerusalem, it will be a pyramid or that light capstone, which will be the pillar of fire that lightens the whole earth. So here we're speaking of a time period now that we're in, and what we brought in last week, that we're making a transition. We're blending. We've already blended out of a Pentecostal age into a kingdom age, a bright age. Few people are aware of it because they don't recognize or don't understand what's expected in the kingdom age. They're looking for something greater than Pentecost to come to move us to a higher realm. What they're looking for by the Pentecostal doctrine is already finished, and they refuse to accept the fourth light, His presence here, to take them to a greater realm, which is resurrection and the rapture. The presence will seem to be dismal or dark or fuzzy, where there's nothing but questions, 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 and more questions. When you read the message or hear the message, you don't think it would be that way, but that's exactly the way that it has been because the last 40 years has been nothing but questions, questions, questions. Watch. And it shall come to pass in that day, this time period, an indeterminate time period. I look at it from uh, basically the appearing on the Ohio River, 1933, when the pillar of fire come. It actually started at his birth. But we're looking at a time period that we can basically generalize a time period, and that was... Your message shall forerun my second coming. So there was an appearing on the river at the baptism. That was an arrival, an appearing, a presence. That presence stays now all the way till, even after the prophet leaves, that presence, that pillar of fire stays with the church until he resurrects the sleeping saints, changes our body, and takes us to the marriage supper of the Lamb. All right, so all the way back until the latter end of the Pentecostal age, even now until the resurrection and the rapture, we're in the period called that day. It is the perusia or the presence of the fourth light. He's doing something among the people and the world to consummate what his message was, that he is here to take us in a rapture. So that's what we're looking at. It shall come to pass in that day, our time period, we're living in this. That the light shall not be clear nor dark. Now you can look at light as the light, the great light. Or you can look at light as a measure. The messengers, I'll read a quote in a minute where Brother Brown called them a, a light. And we can look at revelation as light. And we can look at the presence as the great light. Because without God being here, He's the only one that can give you the interpretation of Himself. God reveals Himself to you. All right. But it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord. When they asked Jesus the question in Matthew 20, 24, 24, what shall be the sign of your presence or your coming? He said, no man knows that time period. The angels don't know when it is. Only the Father knows. So it is a time period where God is present and only God knows what he's doing, who he's doing for, and his outcome. Are you following now? So if we want to know what's going on, we've got to come to this light. We're going to call this light the fourth light or the Word Himself. Justification, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Ghost, Word. Word. That's the fourth light or what we'll call the pillar of fire just for clarification. 
The pillar of fire is God Himself. What is this light's name? Jesus. Now we're really getting confused. Now we're getting down where everybody's mind goes bonker, bonker, begin question, question, question. But it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord. Watch, not day nor night. In other words, there's not a revival going on, neither is it total darkness. There's something that has transpired. There is a blending, a finishing, and a beginning going on that's already been spoken. That only those that are being transformed are being transfigured into this spoken word will understand and know. You must understand and identify yourself with the spoken word. What do you mean by that, Brother Gray? What has been spoken, we have heard, therefore we speak. I didn't get too many amens out of that. We'll get to that just in a few minutes. Watch. And it shall be in that time period or in that day. Wait a minute. I skipped a verse. And it shall be one day as shall be known of the Lord, not day or night. But it shall come to pass that at evening time it shall be light. All right. Now I'm looking at the fourth light. You said, well, at the evening time, well, Brother Bram said the evening time was way back in the uh, early, late 50s and early 60s. Yes, that's true. But you're looking at an evening time and what has transpired. Everything that we'll speak this morning is past tense. It's already over. You said, well, then how come if it's already over, why should we know it? You've got to know what's been passed so you know where the present tense word is today. You can't keep looking back into the glare of a Pentecostal age. What I'm trying to warn us of this morning is this. Unless we move to the fourth light, believe and confess it's true, you will automatically return back to the last light, which was Pentecost. Back to Pentecost where we will say, the prophet said, the prophet said, the prophet said. You will revert back to where the prophet come to the Pentecostal age at its ending. It was over when he come to them. Brother Branham was not a part of the Pentecostal age. We'll read to you a few minutes. Let's just go back and catch up a little bit what what I'm talking about. Last few quotes of last week, we read the quote. Brother Branham said, there was four great prophets. This is restoration of the bride tree. One of them, Martin Luther, began to shine light. We know that light was the message of justification. What? He said it was a little light, just a very small strength of justification. Along came Wesley, stronger light, sanctification. After Wesley came a stronger than him, what's stronger than him, Pentecostal, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, in another great prophet. Why didn't Brother Branham name that prophet? He skips, he didn't name him. We believe that it was him. But he doesn't name him. He doesn't put him as preeminent in there. Why would not the prophet make emphasis upon him? He's trying to put emphasis on another one. See, but in the last days of Malachi 4, now that's the day when the Son of Man is to be revealed. Not in the days of the Son of Man, first and second pull. 
In the days when the Son of Man, the prophet, is to be revealed, and he's revealing God himself. Elijah is to come with the very word. Now, we know Elijah was not William Branham. He was the anointed with the spirit of Elijah, which is Christ himself. The pillar of fire is the Elijah spirit or ministry. So when you say, well, I believe Brother Brother Brown was Elijah. He was not Elijah. He was the fourth ministry of Christ under that same anointing, which the Elijah of this hour, he said, was no one except the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So when the pillar of fire comes and makes himself known that he is here, did not the prophet say, my ministry which would be the third or the fourth Elijah ministry, was to declare that he is here. All right, the he is the fourth light, which is no other than God himself. Of 1 Thessalonians four sixteen, The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a message to gather us together around himself to take us to the marriage supper. Malachi, Elijah is to come with the very word. What do you mean? He comes with the very word. The fourth light, or the third light, which is the prophet, with the revelation of he is here, introduces and foreruns the fourth light. My ministry declared that he is here. So you've got a uh, Revelation 10.1, fourth light, revealing himself through Revelation 10.7, which is a prophet. A lesser light. How many understands now? The lesser light, the fourth light comes to bring forth the very ministry of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago. In other words, you're going to see Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same ministry of Jesus in the flesh 2,000 years ago shall repeat to make known God Himself. When you see the very ministry of Jesus repeated in a man born of sin... Proving that the redemptive work of the born one Son of God is able by that shed blood of God to redeem us completely, bringing the atonement into nothing but faith in the blood, making you perfect in the presence of God. Jesus plus nothing. God has never been able to get us to believe and accept the grace that He gave us through the blood of Jesus Christ, that that blood and that atonement was perfect. You say, whoa, whoa, I got a problem with sin. You don't have any problem with sin, only up here in your brain. Your brain and your senses tells you all about sin, which is the, the devil. Our senses tell us that we're sick. That is nothing but a lie of the devil. Our senses tell us we got pain. That's just an evidence of the senses, but it's not according to the Word of God. So what are we going to put out of our mouth? We're going to testify and bear witness to the devil? Or are we going to bear witness to God the Word? Because remember, once you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you are a dual person. You couldn't understand Jesus because He was both God and man. Oh, he was both God and man. No, God dwelt in the man. He was a man in whom God dwelt in the fullness, the full attribute, the logos of God, 
took deposit up in his body at his baptism at the river of Jordan, making him the Christ, the anointed one. He was a dual person. And the disciples didn't know when it was God speaking or when Jesus was speaking. But when he asked Peter, who do you say that I am? Peter, by the revelation of the presence of God, said, Thou art the anointed one, the Son of the living God. He didn't make him one like your finger. He didn't make him one out of three. He didn't make him one out here. He made him the Son of the living God. Now that's what we got to make him. Because only through the revelation of Jesus can we come to the Father. Watch. The Word of the Lord. Let's say the Logos of God, the pillar of fire. The presence of God, the word of the Lord, came to the prophet. The Logos comes to the prophet. Pillar of fire, Amos 3, 7. Surely the Lord God will do nothing until I speak to my servants, the prophets. Watch. In the evening lights. You say, well, he just made misstatements. No, his words are improper, perfect language. Evening lights. He was a light. Introducing a greater light. So when the evening lights are present, when he is here, he's trying to get your attention to a greater than himself. Remember, the pillar of fire did not come just to William Branham. The pillar of fire did not come just to Moses. He come for the whole children of Israel. The pillar of fire come for you and I. But he come the way that he said he would come. I'll come to them through a prophet. Those that are part of his mind, his attributes, and his purpose has something in them that will say that's nothing but the truth. Identifying that you are a predestinated seed of God. You say, well, I'm going to prove I'm a seed of God. I'm going to live so perfect everybody will recognize. You live so perfect that a gnat will fall dead on you and you still be a devil. You can be anointed to preach the gospel, quote the prophet, and take everybody back to Pentecost and split hell wide open. We're looking at a revelation of our identity in this light. We are identified in Christ, this anointing. Praise be to God. That anointing is on us now as a revelation of the presence of Almighty God. People say, well, if he's present, how come we don't have greater miracles than Pentecost? Because he's not here in that part of the Word. That's not saying that he still does not heal and have miracles and all these things. Those come forth as a confession of your faith out of your mouth. But he's here for a specific purpose now. Well, how, do, how come he don't prove he's here by doing this and proving it? How many times did he have to tell Noah to go build a boat? I got to think. Well, one, how many times he had to tell Noah to build a boat before he started building the boat? How many times did he have to encourage Noah? Okay, Noah, this morning get up and build the boat. Every Sunday, build a boat. Every Sunday, build a boat. I'm with you, build a boat. I'm with you, build a boat. I'm with you, build a boat. And Noah said, well, how come I know, how I know you with me? Uh, can you put a couple planks together for me so I know that you're here doing something? He said, no, you go put two planks together. If they stick together, you'll know I'm here. You go forth. I'm telling you what you are. You go forth and speak it and see if I don't back it up. Brother Gary, you're right back to the same message again. Until this comes out of our mouth, we're not going to get anything from God. Amen. 
So he says what? In the evening lights is to come forth to restore and bring back what? Turn the hearts of the children back to the faith of the fathers. That's a revelation. Turn us back to the fourth light. Don't know if it's up there or not. It's not up there. Watch. Turn us back to the fourth light. This is restoration of the bride tree. So we looked last week to the fourth light. We also looked at Acts chapter 3, verse 21, because there we find a promise of restoration. Acts 3, 21, whom the heavens must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all His holy prophets since the world began. For truly, uh, for Moses truly said unto the fathers, Watch, a prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren. People say, oh, that's the Jews. that don't bother us. No, this is not Jesus now. Like unto him, like unto me, him shall you hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. Watch now. And it shall come to pass every soul that will not hear that prophet, which I proclaim to you is the fourth light. The only way that you're going to hear the fourth light is by the third light or William Branham. How many is understanding what I'm looking at now? You've got a prophet that is only a voice or a mouthpiece of God, him, the Word. So when I hear the man speak and God vindicates it and has thus saith the Lord... And it comes to pass, my Bible says, hear that prophet. Now, I know the world is trying to prove that Brother Branham lied, that something about the cloud, the bear, the cow, and everybody, everything else, uh, 19 didn't fall off the bridge, on and on and on we can go. But I believe that fourth light was vindicated through that third light. I don't count the A's and the B's and the C's, but I get over into the supernatural. That only God Himself can heal the sick, cast out devils, open blind eyes, and raise the dead. And I'm going to trust that God, because if I'm not going to hear that prophet, come on, then you tell me who I'm going to listen to in this hour. You show me one preacher that absolutely preaching this morning with the spoken word book in his hands that has thus saith the Lord. Show me John MacArthur, whatever more you get, every man out there, none of them has thus saith the Lord. I, show, I see men that's anointed. I see being, have big crowds. They got good minds. They can memorize their sermons, give you 20 minutes of this and that and whatever more. But not one of them speaks for Almighty God. But there's one today that if we put His Word in our mouth, it is deity speaking, and you'll get the same results because He's here proving Himself to us. Every soul that will not hear that prophet. Okay, what prophet is that? That's what we're looking at. What prophet is that? Because it's in this hour of restitution. Shall be destroyed from among the people. So you're looking at a final climax now. Hear something and believe it. Be saved. Hear something, not believe it. Be cut off. So this light that shines from the east to the west... Not only is it bringing salvation to some, but it's bringing condemnation to the other. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be condemned. Believe what? 
Everybody's got a word. Everybody's got an interpretation. Everybody can read a quote. If we got time this morning, we'll get in to show you how confusing it can be. What we're trying to show you is that the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 8, he said, And last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. Paul said he was born out of due time, meaning he was not a part of the apostles' time where Jesus was there in the flesh ministering to them. Therefore, he did not understand, let's say, the Lord's Supper, the crucifixion, and the teachings that he taught the apostles. But the apostles didn't understand it either. Oh, we say, oh, the apostles, the apostles, we need to be like the apostles. The apostles was ignorant until the day of Pentecost. And then they didn't understand anything until the apostle Paul come and told them. For God called a man out of that system over here. I'm born out of time. I'm not a part of that. God come down and picked me up over here. Paul was the intellectual. He understood the language, the nine language. He could quote the whole Old Testament. He was an intellectual genius. Oh, God doesn't take scholars. Well, he did Paul. God don't pay a dividend on ignorance. But he took someone that understood. And when he struck Paul down on his way to kill the church, who did that light say that he was? Come on now. I'm trying to confuse our minds this morning. They'll get confused. Who did that light say he was? That light has not changed. That light is the same light that was in the Garden of Eden. Same light that followed Moses. Same light that come to all those prophets. Who did that light say he was? Jesus. So what is the name of God? Jesus. What is the name of his son? Jesus. Oh, that's one like your finger. No, I'm the daddy. My name is Jesus. I have a son and I name him Jesus. All right, now, which Jesus are we talking about? Father or son? <laughs> uh, that's, that's the whole key. Paul said he was born out of due season. Watch. Brother Branham said the same thing. The whole key to this message and his followers is this. Brother Branham was not a part of the Pentecostal age. He come at the end of that age. And what did he come for? He come for the teaching reign to correct the era. You had all these manifestations. Read your church age book. He had all these manifestations. McPherson. All these Azusa Street. All the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Manifestation of the gift. Speaking in tongues. Clouds. Fire. Pillar fire. All kinds of things. Brother Bam said there was devils mixed in there along with the good mixed in there. Nobody could tell the difference and they just took it all as God. But he said, then I was outside of that. I was a Baptist preacher and God picked me up and said, now I'm going to send you to the Pentecostals and I'm going to give you a gift greater than any of them. I'm going to place your ministry above them all so that you can bring them all to a standstill that they will have to listen to thus saith the Lord. Anyone out there and said, nah, I'm going to preach on water baptism and oh, oh, Jesus only just flipped upside down. 
Trinitarian started campaigning against him and everything else. So when he called those 400 ministers together to the uh, breakfast, he said, now, God told him we're all to be said. And what more? He said, now then, you come to challenge me this morning on water baptism and the God here. Now, come up here and stand beside of me and open your Bible and prove me wrong. They all sat on their rear end, so to speak, and began to slip out the back door. And he said, you know what? Them Pentecostal preachers were smarter than I thought they was because God said that every one of them come up there would drop dead. Whew. Now, who's here? Come on now. You somebody was here that took everything under my control. Come on now. Everybody was, somebody was here that took everybody under his control. That same one is still here. Say praise God, hallelujah. And he's here to take me to the marriage supper of the Lamb. He's still here. Well, somebody prove it. That's what we're doing this morning, trying to prove it. So Brother Branham born out of due season. But he was called to go to the Pentecostal age to absolutely rebuke the Pentecostal age, which is now the Laodicean condition of lukewarm, having need of nothing. You say, whoa, wait a minute now. What? I heard some guy the other day explain it. He brought it pretty close down the line, except he skipped Brother Branham and went to the charismatic movement. Now, we all know that the charismatic movement is spread around the world today almost in every church system form that there is. Every one of them basically are charismatic. Meaning what? They all worship. They all got good music, paid instruments. They all believe in the gifts. We'll go in over here and we'll have Dr. So-and-so pray for you. We all got the gifts. If you want a gift, we've got a training room back here. We can train you for this gift. We can train you for that gift. Everything now is in the senses, educational. We reduce God down to mechanics. The charismatic movement that followed 1964 after the departure of the prophet where the pillar of fire did not have a representative or a voice at that time, was the beginning and the process of dying. It was a shuck drying up. And it was gathering everything up into the shuck. Oh, but Brother Gregory, we're in a mess. It began to gather everything outside of the fourth light, which were predestinated seed, into the shuck which will not be a great number. As it was in the days of Noah, there wasn't very many there. And it was a long period of time where the same message helped them until the revelation was built to its completion. That's exactly what we're going through now. So he said he, Pentecost did not have a messenger per se. But the man said the Holy Ghost was that time frame, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So Brother Bannon became the third messenger, not the Pentecostal messenger, but the messenger to the Pentecostal age. When God went forth to preach to the Pentecostal age, first and second pull, that age was closing out. He was blending them from the third light, or from the baptism of the Holy Ghost, to the Holy Ghost himself. I mean, it's following now. 
He was taking them from Ephesians 1, 13, 14, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, to Ephesians 1, 17, where the spirit of wisdom and revelation comes to bring forth a knowledge of himself to give unto us as heirs of his inheritance, which is a name above every name, which is actually the name of God, of which he reveals to you that you are part of, and as Mrs. Jesus Christ, we have the authority to use the name Jesus. All demons are subject to the name Jesus. You say, what about Jesus Christ? Jesus is the name. Christ was the job that he performed. Well, what about Lord Jesus Christ? Lord is what he was made after his resurrection. Jesus was his name. Christ was the job that he performed. He has now been made both Lord and Christ, and his name is Jesus. That's the name of the Son, which is the name of the Father. Come on. Because the Son come to reveal the Father. Jesus the Son did not come to reveal himself. He come to reveal the Father. Now the Father has come to reveal the Son then how are you going to go to heaven when you don't believe there's a, such a thing as the Son of God? Oh, I had a preacher tell me in this message, he gave me 300 quotes. Far be it from God to have a son. He said, Brother Branham never said the words, God had a son, four words. He put in princes. So I just looked at a computer. I'm smart. I got a computer now. So I looked in the computer. God had a son. He was right. Brother Branham never used just the four words. God had a son. But I found also where the Jewish rabbi come to Brother Branham and said, Far be it from God to have a son. Well, this same spirit that spoke through that rabbi is speaking to me. And Brother Branham said, Yes, but he did. That's four words to me. I just text back the prophet the quote, far be him God to have a son. Brother Brown said, yes, but he did. I said, brother, that's the same as him telling me God had a son. I never heard nothing from him since. He just scratched me off, I guess. I don't know. Therefore, we believe that William Branham foreruns the fourth messenger. Oh, but Brother Gray, we're way, uh, Brother Branham's supposed to forerun the second coming of Christ. Whoa, there you go again. What coming are you talking about? Are you looking over at Revelation 19? The physical return, the literal return of the body, Jesus with the saints with him? If you are, we come back with him. I've said this a hundred times. If the second coming of Christ, when he comes, we come back with him. We had to get up there some way to come back with him. Come on now. How do I get up there to come back with him? Oh, I don't understand it. I do. The Bible said the Lord himself shall descend down here to earth at the time there's a prophet on the scene. And he's going to reveal to me that he's here. He's going to take the earthly angel off of the scene. I'm going to follow the light all the way to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Hallelujah. That makes an 80-year-old feel like he's 35. 
Glory to God. Children, don't you understand where you're sitting this morning that you're sealed into the kingdom of God? Glory to God. There should be a a reach and a call and a confession back to Him. We believe that you're here this morning and we thank you for your blessings. Bless God that prophet was right or he's absolutely wrong. If he's wrong, where are we going from here? Amen. Brother Bram actually skips the third light as we went through because he puts all emphasis on the fourth. Now then, look at your notes and we'll pick it up. Christianity, I'm going back to basics now. Christianity is called the Great Confession. I don't know how many sermons I've preached on confession, specific confession, the law of confession, but there's one great law in the Scriptures that I've preached on for 40 years. It's the greatest principle that I know of. I still don't understand exactly how it works. I understand what we're told. I understand the mechanics of it. I have seen the benefits and the manifestation of it. And it's the greatest law that I know of, and that is the law of confession. Saying what God has said out of my own mouth, and those words become deity spoken, and every word of God will come to pass. The greatest law that I ever found was the law of tithing. Like many, I was against tithing because I didn't, know, I didn't think the preacher needed my money. But I didn't have any money, so I took God's word for it. And I finally grit my teeth and said, I'll give a dime out of every dollar. When I done that, Kentucky Fried Chicken come in. My uncle worked at Kentucky Fried Chicken. I only had about $20 a week, so all I had to pay was $2. So I thought I would out, out to, uh, how I would say it, I would be right and still get my own benefit out of my own money. Nobody's ever done that but me, I guess. So I didn't have a pastor to pay tithes to, I thought, since I was a pastor. So I took my $2 and bought a tape with it. So, I got the benefit of paying tithes and the benefit of getting a tape. That worked a while, but I got tired of just Kentucky Fried Chicken. So, I said, God, I'll give 20% of every dollar you give me. Huh, I got Kentucky Fried Chicken and mashed potatoes. Got a little better. I went up to 30%. Got just a little bit better. Pay the light bill. I got up to 40%. Got just a little bit better, had gas. I went up to 50%, and the revelation broke. I said, devil, I'll give every dime. This law will work, and we're going to keep giving until you get off of my back and quit worrying me about this finance. I'm going to trust God or starve to death. Praise God, it broke through. And God has blessed on and on and on and on and on. If I tell you how much God blessed, you'd be jealous this morning. Anyhow, I'm telling you that the law of tithe works. God's Word works. Obey it. I don't care if you understand it. Obey it till the understanding comes. But it will work. That's so much for that. We're told by this fourth light. 
that basically we will not receive anything, salvation, healing, deliverance, without basically confessing the Scripture for it first. All right, so we need to understand. There's nothing I can get from God until I confess the Word for that object first. That's a law. Okay, so I can't memorize the Bible, so will God accept me like this morning? Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 12, Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and have professed or confessed a good confession before many witnesses. We are told by the prophet at the end of his message, You have the word. The revelation is on the tapes. You need nothing else for the rapture. It has been delivered to you. Rest on this. Feed on this. And have patience to wait for it to manifest in your life. In other words, we are to believe and confess that which has been spoken. We believe the word in 1 John 2.25. What does that say, Brother Greg? This is the promise that, we, that He has promised us eternal life. How many believes that? Therefore, we should be able to speak. I have eternal life according to His great promise. That's the right confession. We believe that the word in Matthew 28, 20 says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, with carnival virus or 19 virus or the flu or whatever virus, whatever demon, whatever spirit has been loosed. And every devil in hell is loosed upon the bride of Jesus Christ. Cancer is like a toothache. All these diseases, and there'll be more come. This is just a down payment. God's just tickling out front. What is coming? Somebody got a cold, three people died, and they shut down the whole world. You say, well, if you was one of those three people, you think, it is serious. I'm not, I'm not saying it's not serious. We've already had 18,000 people die of the flu. We had 30,000 to 60,000 die of the flu last year. Just in America. They didn't shut down the whole world because of that. They didn't shut down the whole world because 60,000 people died. Now then you got 10 cases of this 19 and they shut down the whole world. Say this morning, Nike's closing all their stores in the United States. Apple closing all their stores in the United States. President or vice president recommended to the president this morning that every store should close outside of gas stations and food places. Looks like to me somebody's setting up to take over and run this thing. And furthermore, they got free medicine for everybody. This communistic, Marxist, socialist, democratic party, which is Antichrist, which is right in the hands of Almighty God, being used as a tool to bring His Word to pass. And the saints of God, under the token of His presence, says, bring it on. Because we are more than able to take the promise of the rapture of the church. These things must come before we get out of here. We believe the word in Jude 24 tells us, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, 
and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy. Therefore we speak, the Lord will keep me from falling and will present me faultless before His presence. You say, oh, well, I don't know, I, I'm not falling. I'm going to tell you, look, I don't mean to be mean, but get with it. The word of the prophet is true or it's false. Make up your mind. Get in it or get out of it. Because if you're going to worry about it and question it all the time, it's better just get out of it. Quit worrying about it. The prophet of God said you are faultless. He said you are blameless. You are the sinless, virtuous bride of Jesus Christ. Furthermore, he said that's thus saith the Lord. It's true or it's not true. Now, what is your confession going to be? Well, you don't understand, Brother Greg. I got these faults. I got this problem. I got. Oh, shut up. Come on now. The Bible says we are now the righteousness of Almighty God, period. What are you looking at? Are you looking at your own flesh or are you looking at the Word of God? See, it is a confession. God is looking for a confession. Out of this fourth light people. Follow me now, watch. I like this one. If thou wilt digitally hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, which we know is a prophet, and will do that which is right in his sight, come out over my people, and will give an ear to his commandments, he that I an ear, let him hear. Keep all of his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon thee. Amen. Say amen. amen. I'll put none of these viruses upon thee. Amen. I'll put none of these devils upon thee. Because the virus is only a devil. How many knows that? Amen. And every disease germ that touches my body shall die in the name of Jesus. Amen. Every disease germ that touches the body of Christ shall die in the name of Jesus. Well, I feel a little symptom coming on. Well, tell the symptom to go on to hell where it belongs. Yeah, I had a lying vanity all week. That lying vanity said, oh, your leg's getting worse. Your leg's getting worse. You're not going to be able to walk. I said, oh, shut up, leg. Come on, move, move it, move it, move it, move it. You don't think a lying vanity gets real? <laughs> Boy, it gets real sometimes. It's your whole soul, body, and spirit, and everything else. Everything's lying except the vanity. I thought once the devil was telling the truth. God's Word didn't seem to be doing much, but the devil's Word seemed to be doing a lot. But my Word shall never fail. Come on now, church. We can get backed up in a corner. We can be like the three Hebrew children cast in a fiery furnace. They didn't scream and holler, oh God, oh God, oh God. They said, we will not bow the knee. Our God has already said, we are not going to bow the knee to this darkness out here. I don't care what it comes. Watch. I'll lay none of the disease upon thee which I brought upon the Egyptians. Well, we got a lot of Egyptians out there. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Well, you say what? Isaiah 33, in this day and hour, by the presence of the fourth life, the Bible tells us that a group of people will come. 
to a condition. It says in verse Isaiah 33, 22, For the Lord is our judge, and the judge is here now. Will you believe that? The Lord is our lawgiver. Yes, sir. The Lord is our king. He will save us. That means he will deliver us. And what is it? And the inhabitants shall not say. There's a group of people under the presence of God. They shall not say. In other words, there's a confession that we will not have. And that is, I am sick. Ooh, we all fail on that one, don't we? The people that dwell therein dwell where? Under the token, under the presence of God Himself, under the revealed Word, in the body of Christ, the temple of the Holy Ghost themselves, shall be forgiven of their iniquity. God has already forgiven you for doubting His presence. He's going to heal you anyhow. He's going to take us out of here anyhow. Come on. Well, what if I don't cast out a devil? He's going to take you out anyhow. Well, what if I get mad at my neighbor? He can forgive you anyhow. Come on. God is in charge. We got nothing to do with it except bless God the word will stand true. I'm about run out of time. Watch. Brother Gregory. That all sounds good, but that's all Old Testament. We are in the bride age now. Mm -hmm. It's funny to me, all these other lesser ages had greater faith and a greater confession than this great bride age has got. Something missing. Let's look at just a little while. Let's just look at a couple quotes and getting laid out close. Let's look at what this third light said, the fourth light said. In the message, Who is God? He said, Lord, granted tonight that many things may be done. Send your spirit. Give people faith too. All right. I asked the question up there, to what? When you understand the message, you can see it all the way through. Give people faith to. To what now? I put in there, recognize the presence. Notice before he said what? Give people faith to. Watch. Sometimes it startles them, Father. What startles them? They can't realize the presence of this great thing. He's not talking about himself. He's talking about this fourth light. This great thing among us. He's talking about him. Watch. The Jehovah of the Old Testament. Jesus of the New. The Holy Spirit of this day. What is the Holy Spirit of today? The Word that is being manifested in flesh and fulfilled in this time period. Which is Malachi 4, 5, and 6, Revelation 10, 1 to 7, Luke 17, 30. On and on we can go. The seals are open. The thunders are sounding. We have now had the message of reconciliation. The atonement has been manifested. We're free from sin. We have now under the seals 
by the fourth light been placed in the Feast of Tabernacles to rest to the marriage supper for the millennial reign. Hallelujah. He said, now watch. Then you send your gifts, which is secondary to all of this, that it might work to bring the people to edify the church. What? To bring us to a realization of your presence, for we ask it in the name of thy Son. Now, what son is he talking about? Come on, church. You know, I drill it over and over and over. This prophet said, in the name of thy Son, Jesus, amen. So, Jesus had a Father. Jesus had a God. And Brother Branham recognized that son, and he called him by name because that name has the authority over every devil and every power. That name in your mouth is the same as that mouth in Jesus' mouth, Brother Branham's mouth, or whoever believes mouth. Jesus is the name of God, and he's over every demon, every power, and every sickness. At the name of Jesus... Every one of your sins, every one of your enemies, every one of your sickness must bow. Or the Bible is not true. Look at another quote real close. He said, what I'm trying to say to you now, Jesus is here. That's the reason we're bearing witness to the text of verse 9. We read a while ago, the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day shall there be one Lord in his name one. What I'm trying to say, Brother Bram said, now Jesus is here with us. Jesus is here with us. Now, you know the physical man, Jesus, is not here with us. So what Jesus is he talking about? Come on, church, it's not that hard. What Jesus is he talking about? He's talking about Father God. Talking about the pillar of fire. God is the Holy Spirit. Self-same Spirit. Watch. Jesus is here with us. He's talking about the pillar of fire. He said, I've kept you longer than I should. And I've already done that this morning. Karen, if y'all will come, we'll close on this quote. You forgive me for that. He said, but that you might understand that the same God, how many believes that the pillar of fire, the pillar of fire that led the children of Israel was the angel of the covenant, and we all believe that. Let's see your hand. He wants them to bear witness to what they believe. Watch. That was our Lord Jesus. How many believes that? That was our Lord Jesus. He's not talking about the Son of God. He's not talking about the Jesus that's sitting on the throne. He's not talking about our mediator, our intercessor, the Lamb that paid the debt for our sins. He's talking about the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom is our Savior, who is our Healer, who is our Redeemer, who is our God, and who is here. He's here with us. That revelation must become a confession. And you'll have all the benefits of all the promises that Jehovah made in the Old Testament, that same Spirit of fire, that same Jesus, that same Logos, will bring the same promises to pass that he always has. Glory to God. Amen. Watch. Let's see your hand. That was our Lord Jesus. Is that right? It was Christ the anointed. He phrased it just, he phrased it just enough to mess you up. 
Brother Bam said, I preach in a way to cause some to stumble, some to go out, some to misunderstand, whatever more. Watch. He said, it's that same, it was Christ, the anointed. It was Christ, who is the anointing. Who is the anointer. Christ means anointing. Jesus was the anointed one. <laughs> Jesus the Christ. Jesus the anointed one. Who was Jesus anointed by? The Holy Spirit or the Father, which is the anointing. God does not need to be anointed. He is the anointing. You are anointed one. You are Christ. You're in the same position in a littler way that Jesus was in a major way. Come on now. We are anointed ones. We are little messiahs. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Watch. It was the anointing. He appeared to Moses. It wasn't because he, here, I'll finish on it. It wasn't because he was with Moses. He's with the whole church. And everybody say amen. Let's stand up and give God a praise this morning, would you? He's with the whole church. Hallelujah. If that revelation ever strikes, there'll be a resurrection. And we'll go to the marriage supper. Oh, come on, revelation. Let's come on and worship God. I can't wait that it strikes the whole church, the whole worldwide. Praise be to God. What are we going to say here? It's going to be worth it all. Let's say it. It's going to be worth it all. It's going to be. Every long mile, every heartache and every trial, it's going to be. It's going to be worth it all. It's going to be. Let's turn around and give Canada away this morning. Make them welcome in the service. God bless you. Oh, hallelujah. That means it feels good this morning. Every heartache and every trial, it's going to be worth it all, some beautiful. He's in the camp this morning. He's with us all the way through. Praise be to God. It's going to be worth it all. Oh, it's going to be worth it all. It's going. Can you give him away this morning? Thank you, Father, for being present with us today. Thank you for healing our bodies. Thank you for our confession. Thank you for the great revelation.
happy day. Every heartache and every trial. If it's going to be worth it all, you think that? I think we could get a little bit Pentecostal this morning. Come on. Ever. Woo! Well, glory, glory, glory. Praise be to God. Praise the Lord. Amen. I put in your notes this morning a few confessions that ought to be coming out of our mouth is praise. We confess Jesus as Lord. We confess that by His presence we are healed. We confess that the Son of Man has made us free, John 8, 36. We confess that we are the righteousness of God. We confess that He is here and He will never leave me nor forsake me. We confess that we are redeemed now. We confess that we shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. We confess that Malachi 4, 5, and 6 has come and turned our hearts back to the faith of the fathers. We confess that the Lord in a pillar of fire has descended and is here to take headship over his body and on and on we can go. That is our confession. That is our faith. That is the revelation that must come forth and manifest itself in flesh in bride form, we will have a word in our mouth. Miracles are in your mouth. And we'll continue in this and look at the name of Jesus. Because that name must be manifested in bride form. And it has the authority over every name. If he was given a name as his inheritance, and we were joint heirs with him, we also received that name and a part of that ministry. The Bible said he was given a name above every name. So if he was given a name above every name, that name has to be the name of God, because there's nothing above God and his word. That name is Jesus, and the revelation of that name in the mouth of the bride will be deity speaking, thus saith the Lord. We will have a spoken word. We will have a confession out of our mouth before the resurrection and the rapture. That revelation and confession will bring an anointing. That anointing will be the anointing that was up on Elijah, the fourth Elijah, because it must bring forth the fifth Elijah with Moses with him. We are now blending from the church age, bride age, into the restoration of Israel. And they're blended together in the same time period of that day. That's what your text says. So you got to understand that the fullness of the Gentiles has come. And we're now blending into uh, Romans, what, chapter 9. The restoring or the grafting in of Israel to 144,000. Where Moses and Elijah will come. That fifth Elijah will have the same anointing upon him as the fourth Elijah, and they both will preach the same message, one to the Gentile and those to the Jews. And we know that it pertains to the atonement, which is Jesus Christ. 
Brother Branham made the statement that it's hard to understand, but he made it. He said, the foolish virgins, which is the Pentecostals of this hour, will go to the tribulation because they refuse to accept the atonement in its fullness or perfection. They keep adding something to it. Our works, our conduct, our dress, our this or that. But it is Jesus plus nothing. The atonement was perfect. And once that realization comes to identify the seed of God and comes out of your mouth to bear witness that you are that one, it shall be confirmed in your flesh. And our token on display, which is a pillar of fire brought forward by a confession out of our mouth, will protect us from all disease. He will be with us and he will deliver us out of this pressure and this squeeze that is coming upon the whole world. This first little wave of demons is only the first little wave. There's an army of satanic forces coming and put on the whole armor of God. Put the word in your mouth and we shall conquer and ride ever tight. Amen. So thank you for coming this morning. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your confession. And let's all join together in faith with one voice that God is here with us and we are his bride. Amen. So God bless you. You can be dismissed this morning. Thank you for coming. And we'll see you next week if the Lord permits. If you find any toilet paper, give me a call, would you? <laughs>